This is Investing as a Teen, and my name is Ian Jackson. I'm a 17-year-old who loves to invest so much that I've somehow been convinced by my parents to start a podcast around why teens should invest, how to start investing, and what to look for when investing. I found that many young adults and teens like myself hear words like stocks, ETFs, financial markets, and so on relatively frequently from our parents, news outlets, or just chatter that we eavesdrop into. Yet, investing for many teens and young adults, and yes, I'm talking in the third person, is something to think about way down the road. Something to deal with when we have real jobs, or when we've retired. But realistically, investing is something that can be and should be done at a very young age. I began my investment journey as a tiny seven-year-old who emptied out his childish blue piggy bank, and with the help of my parents, decided I wanted to invest in Apple. Yes, the multi-trillion dollar company that now rules the world. But before you say that's an obvious choice, let me remind you that 10 years ago, Apple was still relatively new. And don't assume that my parents picked it out for me because even after I gave what little I had to my dad to invest the money, he was so skeptical, he wouldn't even invest it. Not until the stock had increased over 50%, realizing the mistake he'd made, as he always liked to likes to remind me, Ian, I did it. I invested it. And the rest is history. I've been lucky with Apple and my one hit wonder of a stock is great and all, but it's not really my point. I don't want to scare anyone off by talking about one hit wonders. I want to talk about starting early, investing for your future, realistically, and hopefully any future you want. Because when the average annual rate for the stock market is a positive 8%, there's plenty of room for growth and success. But don't just take it from me, take it from a Brandon Miller. Brandon's a funny, upbeat, charismatic guy that really just loves what he does. He's the founder of Brio Financial Group, a financial planning group that mainly operates in San Francisco, managing a wide range of investments and assets that people don't want to deal with on their own. But enough with me talking, Here's how Brandon ended up in this position. Beginning um, by way of a midlife crisis. Uh, so I was in med school and I dropped out basically uh, because I didn't like the, the daily life of what a doctor did. And like the only other thing I really enjoyed was personal finance. Those were the books I was reading for fun. So I figured, yeah, I guess I'll try that. Try at finance and financial planning has been more than just a success. For nearly 20 years, Brandon and his team have created a passionate and well-rounded business full of clients of all backgrounds and walks of life. I wanted to know a bit more about Brandon's clients, and this is what he had to say. It's a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, usually, by the time people get to me, they ha- they've kind of built up some amount of money, and they're they're worried. You know, like it's getting to be the pressure is getting too big to do it on their own. They're like, oof, I, I might need some professional help here. Uh, but it's all, it's, it's all over the map, uh, in part because, you know, some people really just want help, like buying real estate is a really big thing, especially in the Bay area. So a lot of folks are just trying to like, how do I get in and teach me that stuff? I up my last question about clients by specifically asking Brandon, if he talks with young adults and teens, and if so, what he says to them. I just, I think money is this really taboo topic, right? A lot of people talk to you about their sex lives before they'll tell you about their money. Um, 
which is really unfortunate because then you don't learn about it. Uh, and so a lot of times it's kind of left up. Like if a family doesn't talk about money, then the kids don't really ever learn about it. And it's so unfortunate because I always like the sooner I can get to uh, the kids of a family, the sooner I can brainwash them is kind of how I think about it in, in like the best way possible. Right. So time is by far the most important thing when it comes to investing. And so if I can get to somebody when they're in their teens or early twenties or something, it makes a massive difference in terms of what they're able to accomplish. So that's honestly, sometimes it's not even that important what I say. It's just like being able to talk to the people just to get them motivated in doing something. That something could be anything realistically. You may be interested in a volatile stock like GameStop, or look for something more steady and predictable like an ETF, or a larger, more stable individual stock like Berkshire Hathaway. The point is, doing something in this case is better than nothing. Mistakes will happen throughout one's investing career, but the opportunity for success and ability to grow and learn from failures outweighs doing nothing at all. Moreover, Getting into investing early has massive implications on the potential growth and wealth, as Brandon said. Pretty much all long-term. Um, and I think of financial planning as short-term pain, long-term gain. Um, so there's a lot of things that we deal with that, you know, I, that hurt today, but it's for your benefit down the road. Uh, a Roth IRA contribution is a good example. A Roth IRA, if you didn't know, is this individual retirement account under the United States law that generally allows your investments within this account to not be taxed. People go ahead and pay their tax bill today so that they don't have to pay tax on the profits down the road. And that, you know, it's kind of painful when you're asking people to pay a big tax bill today. But, but you know, I always say like, listen, you're going to love me 30 years. Truth is, if you're patient, you'll love Brandon. Because if Brandon puts it perfectly, in this next section, Short-term investing leaves you more open to dangerous variables compared to long-term investments. The, the shorter your time frame on any kind of investment, whether it's a stock or a mutual fund or a house or whatever, the shorter your time frame is, the more variability there is, the more unknowns there are. It, it gets closer and closer to gambling, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean the predictability is so low. Whereas if you, the longer my time frame, the more assured I am of the outcome. Um, so that's a really big piece of it. So it's always, you know, how long can I have this focus be? And again, that's often why I'm talking to the kids of clients is I'm not really just looking at it as the person sitting across the table from me. It's, it's usually how do we make sure that your family is taken care of for generations um, and it sounds really silly. And I think when I say that, people are like, listen, I'm not a Rockefeller, you know, but it, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all if you start planning ahead. Not to steal any more of Brandon's thunder, but just to give you an example of planning ahead. If you looked up investmentcalculator.io, and well, let's say you started with $1,000. Hypothetically, let's say you input $100 a month in investments from 18 to 65. You could make up to $500,000 to $1.3 million solely by investing $100 a month in those 50 years. So I wanted to ask Brandon, what's next? If I'm looking to start investing, where should I start and how? My real hope is that I can get people involved in their 
teen years, right? In their yeah. 20s. And it's never too late, right? It's never too late. But ideally, younger is better. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, to make sure that w- when it's best to make mistakes when the stakes are small. So we're all going to make mistakes, right? We're going to make lots of mistakes, but it's so much better if you can make them when you're younger and you don't really have that much money and your mistakes aren't really all that painful, right? Yep. And so you get to learn from those things and grow because if you're doing it later in life and you really screw it up, then, then you're screwed. Investing early with small amounts of money allows for you to learn and grow as an investor. Reality is you're not going to have a perfect track record when investing. Sometimes you'll make the wrong decisions, but as Brandon emphasized, it's better to make mistakes when you're younger. Because one, they have less implications on your wealth, especially in the long term. And two, it gives you the opportunity to correct your mistakes and help you make better and more educated decisions as you grow older. And here's more on Brandon talking about young teens beginning their journey as investors. Somebody's just getting started. You know, first of all, I try and make sure they they run through the whole hierarchy of like, what does someone do with money? Do they have they paid off their credit card debts? Have, you know, do they have a cash reserve built? Do they have proper insurances in place? Like those are all really boring things, right? But you kind of have to have a strong foundation before you can get to the sexier stuff. So I start there. And then we go down the pathway of like, okay, well what buckets are we going to be investing the money in? So is this an IRA or a Roth IRA or a non-retirement account? And Because that, that the taxation of the account will have a bigger impact than the other stuff. And then you can get into investing, right? And, and the most important thing to me, I'm, I follow what's called modern portfolio theory. And so I believe asset allocation, which is like what percent of your portfolio is in stocks versus bonds is more important than anything else. So I always start there. Um, and then after you figure out your asset allocation, then I start getting into the actual investments. But usually, you know, and there's two, two routes that I'm going to go here. One route is we do something that's fun and sexy to keep the person's attention, you know. <laughs> it might not be, quote, the smartest investment, but, but you don't know. Um, but it's fun. So, so you pick an individual stock and frankly, I don't even care what it is. I just want the person to care. I want the person to care. Right. So, you know, if it's a young person, maybe they're picking Disney stock or something, or, you know, it's something they know and are passionate about. Um, if, but if I'm going to go like the more prudent route, I'm probably going to pick a really boring, super broad exchange traded fund, like, you know, Vanguard Total World Index or something like that, um, to where it's really simple and you forget it and you're getting exposure to everything and you don't really have to think. I can't help but chuckle because I've already followed Brandon's advice the best I can. If someone were to take a look at my portfolio, they'd see a wide range of individual stocks. And if you knew me even more, you'd know I check them practically every day. On the other hand, I have a handful of shares in Vanguard's S&P 500 ETF, which if you asked me when the last time I had checked it, I'd have to give you an honest answer of I don't know. Which, to be quite frank, is the point. As Brandon mentioned before, a lot of investments that you should be making are boring, in other words, slow moving. You're looking for long-term gains, which is all the reason more to start early and maximize your potential gains. To wrap it all up, 
And what I want you all as listeners to understand from this first episode are two things. Investing early and for long periods of time matters. The best investors that we think of like Warren Buffett and George Soros have been investing for a long time. And if you're a teen with even a spare $20 bill or a couple hundred dollar bills you get from your birthday or Christmas, you can get started investing. Realistically, no matter your age. My other point of emphasis is investing for long periods of time. Starting early in your investment career sets you up for the ability to invest for long periods of time. And in many situations, if you play your cards right, you'll hold your investments for decades, over time increasing your wealth, adding more to your portfolio, but all that can't be done without patience. You know, patience is key to investment because there will be dips and spikes throughout the market. And generally, trying to time them is ill-advised or impossible. So as Brandon put perfectly, maybe buy a stock you really like or are interested in, something that you know you'll follow. Maybe that's Starbucks or Snapchat. But then pick something like the S&P 500, something you won't look at for large periods of time, where you know your money will be safe for decades to come. In the next episode, we'll dive into the nuts and bolts of investing, how to get started, where to get started. As teens, should we work with Robinhood or follow the traditional routes of opening accounts at Schwab, Fidelity, or Vanguard? All in the next episode.